internet. This is Ben Robertson. This is Ivan Trejo. And Arnold. We've seen the rehearsals now. Welcome to Junior Eurovision. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Ben Robertson here in Yerevan. I've got two people here who are going to help analyse the Junior Eurovision Song Contest and all, or should I say almost all, of the Junior Eurovision rehearsals that we have seen. Firstly, let me introduce to you today's Spanish guest. Ivan, tell us a little bit first about what we have from yourself, who you're working for and what you're doing here in Yerevan. So, my name, as I previously said, is Ivan Trejo. I work for ESC Plus, specifically for ESC Plus España, which is a Spanish-based media outlet, fan media outlet for the Eurovision Song Contest. And we are here on our 10th anniversary. So, let's do this. Like, why not Armenia? We are basically covering what Spain has been doing and trying to get as much as we can for our public. Thank you very much. And of course, how many, how many years has Spain been taking part in Junior Eurovision uh, now? We restarted in 2019, so this would be the fourth. Fourth year, so there's a bit of a, a tradition now. You, you understand how this contest works. Yeah. Awesome. Arnold alongside me here. Arnold is from Kazakhstan. Now, your first entry was in 2018, is that correct? Yes, exactly. Thank you. So, tw- so 2018, so this is now the fifth year of Kazakhstan being in Junior Eurovision. Who are you here representing today? What, who, what are you doing here in Yerevan? Uh, I'm a accredited press member for the first time uh, and we are here to cover all uh, materials from Junior Eurovision uh, because this is uh, 20th edition years and, uh, and we hope also that uh, we can uh, give our support to our delegation and to show them that we are uh, together and we uh, like support them in this contest. Uh, if you understand correctly, like your your website, um, I'm not sure what it's called, but maybe like it's like a fan site. Is that correct? So it's like a supporting of the like new the new fan community, let's say in Kazakhstan. Yes, it's uh, in fan Instagram page and actually it's not new for this year this page uh, was founded um, in, in 2019 uh, and uh, um, for now uh, it's four years uh, our fan page works and uh, uh, <laughs> I'm happy with this result actually and we are keep going and, you're, and we're building up a, a Eurovision culture as far east as Kazakhstan because, of course, you know, one of the big discussion points always at Junior Eurovision is that Kazakhstan takes part in this contest and, and are not taking part in the main Eurovision Song Contest in May. Um, what do you understand about the reasoning behind that, about Kazakhstan taking part in this contest, doing very well in Junior Eurovision? We've got two second-place finishes from Kazakhstan, 2019-2020. What is it like being a, a Kazakhstani Eurovision fan? Uh, firstly, why we don't participate in adult Eurovision, Accor- according to official statement, we are not a member, a full member of uh, EBU, and that's the main reason. Uh, and uh, but in my opinion, uh, we will join 
adult revision in uh, near future and I hope so and the second part of question was about uh, why Kazakhstan always bring quality to junior revision uh, as a citizen of Kazakhstan I can tell you that in Kazakhstan uh, the, there are a lot of kids who can and who love uh, to sing and in Kazakhstan there are a lot of uh, good quality strong vocal schools and also, I guess, Kazakhstan uh, uh, has own uh, different uh, like identity than other Europe countries because it's far uh, than Europe and uh, also Kazakhstan is a Central Asia country and maybe that's why uh, Euro Euro European people uh, always see in Kazakhstan uh, quality of uh, performance. Uh, because um, maybe you notice that in our songs there, there are always uh, folklore elements and uh, also I've noticed that uh, foreign people like this elements when we add uh, to our song and I think this is a like uh, formula why <laughs> Kazakhstan like always bring quality to junior revision do you have any opinion here about the Kazakh entries? As I said, they've got two second places. They are one of the strongest junior Eurovision countries despite only being in it for four years. Why are they always doing so well? Oh, because I think they have an identity. Like They bring their own identity here and that's uh, noticeable by the public. So that's basically a way to get votes from the public and from the juries. You see a Kazakh uh, uh, entry without knowing it is Ka uh, Kazakhstan and you know they are them. So uh, it's really strong uh, how you can uh, understand uh, the culture that they try to provide to the European uh, audience in here in Junior Eurovision. I have to say one thing about Kazakhstan, we said on the previous podcast on Wednesday, you have the vocal quality that you mentioned there, the folklore elements, the traditional elements in every song you bring into Junior Eurovision, but the visual presentation, um, the manipulation of the LED screens the storytelling is always a big aspect of the Kazakh performance every time it like it's not just the vocal it's also the visual that Kazakhstan does so well um, yes I can explain this moment actually in Kazakhstan there are there is a very rapid development in digital in digitalization and um, that's like uh, not new for me as a Kazakhstan season because uh, most of our shows uh, you can see the uh, very well developed designs and uh, like you said let's uh, let visions let's say it and um, I think yes that's a reason is uh, the, uh, the level of uh, digitali digitali digitalization is a hard word in our language yes it's hard word for me now <laughs> but I I hope you understood me. it is absolutely staggering constantly it is always at the top level and I think lots of Europe needs to learn from how Kazakhstan tells a story with visuals because I don't think anybody does it as well as Kazakhstan does year upon year upon year and watch how Kazakhstan does it again this year. It's, it's a beautiful. The opening scene 
of your song this year in Junior Eurovision is like a movie. It is so fantastically well done. Let's switch focus now to Spain, because Spain is also, I'd argue, a modern-day powerhouse of Junior Eurovision. I'm correct here. You've not had two second places, but you've had two third places in this comeback. What is the secret to Spanish success? So, basically, the secret to Spanish success uh, is uh, taking a kit with a really good voice. Uh, that's already popular because uh, like we have these shows uh, for kids in Spain. So they, we get them from there, we give them a powerful song, and then uh, with that we just do uh, the best we can. We get the best uh, stage designer uh, that we have in hand, and then with Melanie we did amazing. And now all of these uh, following years, even with the pandemic, we did amazing with uh, a great uh, dancing team, a great uh, TV directing. Like everything's really prepared, not not like uh, we used to do in the uh, senior contest. Like with junior, we take it seriously because we really know there's a chance we can win, as we did with the senior uh, contest uh, this year. Is, is winning like an important goal? Because like, not just that it's junior Eurovision, maybe the like status is lower. It's not as competitive. It's meant to be a friendly competition. But a, a stat here I think about is that there has not been any Eurovision in Spain since the 60s. So the last Eurovision was in 69, uh, 1969, uh, with the uh, dic- dictatorship and everything. And yeah, like in Spain, we like to compete. Like after all, this is a competition. It's a friendly. It is a uh, child uh, competition, a children competition. But like the the children come here to make a lot of friends, have fun, and if they can, why not win? So, like, they just take it seriously and uh, try to feel co- as comfortable as possible on a stage. And if they don't get the prize, there's no problem. But, like, it is a competition after all. Arnold, have you got any favorites of the Spanish entries from recent years? From recent years? Mm, actually, Spain uh, don't have a lot of entries as other countries. That's why I want to mention uh, among all uh, Entries, uh, exactly. I I love uh, the winning song uh, in uh, 2004. Yes. Correct. Yes. 2004. Yes. And also, I love uh, Melanie Garcia's song. And the topic uh, she uh, covered in in her song. And um, I Which love. I remember was like an environmental theme um, and a very again very well staged with the like the plastic and trying to like you know save the planet it was a big theme in 2019 so similar to the topic that uh, Kazakhstan is bringing this year actually uh, yes <laughs> and um, also I love uh, this year's entry because it's so uh, like boob and a positive vibe song and uh, it's so Spanish you know the, there are a lot of Spanish elements and uh, like as in us in Kazakh song uh, native folklore uh, and uh, in Spanish there are a lot of native uh, elements and uh, I like it because I think in Eurovision this is a place where each country must show their culture through the song through the staging and through the performance and uh, uh, that's why I love Spain because they always bring their identities they don't follow like American style or uh, another style and uh, I ver- 
I highly uh, appreciate this. It's always a pity to have something that is so cultural, but often in the Spanish sense, so up-tempo, when you're going to have a lot of children and families dancing around, I think, to the Spanish entry coming up on Sunday. We have now seen all of the rehearsals of the Junior Eurovision, except for one. I'm going to give the newest first and let the panel here just discuss it. So the final rehearsal for today was scheduled to be the United Kingdom. The United Kingdom act Freya Sky did not come to rehearsals today and the BBC press statement gave the most BBC answer possible and described Freya as feeling under the weather. The weather here is actually quite nice. I mean, it's about six, seven degrees, a few clouds, it's fine. What's the weather currently in Kazakhstan? Uh, you know, Kazakhstan is a big country. It's ninth uh, largest country in the world. And that's why we have different uh, like weather, different weather in different parts of region. I came from, from the capital, Astana, and uh, there, there were uh, minus 30 Celsius, but in Almaty it's uh, plus 5, plus 10 as in Yerevan city. And what about where you are from? Well, you guys in the UK know our weather, you, you like it, you know, you eat a lot. Uh, We've been to Valencia and Ibiza. Yeah, it is so cold for us in here in Yerevan, but like... Uh, it, it could be worse. It could be worse. And our weather, of course, uh, right now, like 10 degrees, 15 degrees, like having our best winter. <laughs> well, uh, Freya Sky is feeling under the weather right now. Um, and under doctor's advice, did not come to rehearsals today. That's all we know. It was a one-sentence statement from the BBC. Uh, we wish Freya well and the rest of the BBC team well. Um, that will be an updated story over the next few days. What do we think that means for the BBC team, for Freya? A quick reaction from you guys here. Uh, well, I don't know because uh, like uh, there's this rumor that uh, on, during the first rehearsal there were no uh, live vocals on most of the of the takes. Uh, so we don't know if it is a vocal issue. We don't know if it is uh, simply that she's feeling really ill and now she's getting better, but not uh, as well as she should for a rehearsal in front of the press. But the thing is, uh, she's a clear favorite. So like we really look forward to to seeing her perform uh, performing live tomorrow in the dress rehearsal. Um, actually, I'm sad that uh, UK representative cannot uh, perform their rehearsal, and um, I'm afraid of uh, that thing that UK can like repeat the scenario of uh, Russia last year when uh, their representative uh, uh, also uh, got sick and. Uh, um, Russia, all uh, Russia was one of the favorites as UK this year, and the situation uh, like similar, and I'm a bit nervous about this. Uh, can and um, can uh, Freya think uh, her song well on the stage because uh, Pressa and other others who have access uh, to rehearsals uh, couldn't see couldn't uh, listen uh, is UK ready for this year or no 
I mean, more important than the competitive aspect, and of course, the UK is one of the favourites. It's topping some of the fan polls. But it's a time away from the stage that I'm most concerned about because the second rehearsal is generally where you fix all the things. You do the run-throughs as you would do competitively. Now, if Freya Sky is well enough to perform in tomorrow, there's one rehearsal left, which will only be one run-through. And then it will be the jury performance on the Saturday night and the live performance on the Sunday night. And the actual press statement from the BBC said, we look forward to seeing people on Sunday, which has a question mark for what happens on Saturday. We do not know anything more than that. Um, I have a concern that not only the vocal aspects, because of course it is about arresting the voice issue, the statement says, but also the experience being on such a big stage. Um, Freya's performed in some events in the UK in recent months, but this is the biggest event that she has, and every run-through gains your experience. You guys in the UK had this issue of the main performer uh, being sick after the, uh, until the very end, back in maybe 1989 in the senior contest, I think. Something like that, like real, really old uh, times. But like, I know you guys will do your best uh, at this, and I certainly think that if, if Freya is okay on Sunday, she will do as best as she would uh, have done if she had uh, rehearsed today. There's there's an element here of hope, I guess you know, and hope for the competitive side of the contest, but also hope for a good performance and a good show and Freya if you are listening we wish you all well that said there have been now 15 other performances that have taken place we have seen all the rehearsals does anybody here have any of the rehearsals that they want to highlight in any way I don't know I'll start with you what rehearsals have been excellent in your eyes um, I liked very much Georgian and Armenian uh, they, both of them ha have very great st strong vocal and voice control and uh, they uh, sound like in music video and uh, also I want to highlight uh, Portugal this year because it uh, like outstands uh, uh, from others because Portugal this year uh, brings uh, like another genre as previous year Portugal always uh, I think Portugal is always uh, happy to like um, to amaze uh, Euro fans and that's good and also I want to highlight my country Kazakhstan with we'll, we'll let you do that yes you can do with that. this visuals and how it's uh, work well with uh, 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 work well with uh, like, let's say movement on the stage uh, the choreography the routine like David knows every single camera position already yes uh, and I noticed that David's uh, one of the artists who uh, work with camera and always uh, look at the camera and, and I think that's uh, uh, like uh, uh important moment because uh, beside uh, that public in the arena there are millions of viewers uh, who watch Junior Reviews on TV and I think artists must always contact with uh, have contact with their viewers 
and actually this year there are a lot of favorites and a lot of good songs um, that, that it's quite an open field we mentioned Freya Sky being top of some of the fan polls but the margin is wafer thin it's not a landslide we're looking at here this is a very tight contest and junior eurovision traditionally has always had very very tight voting sequences last year it was only six points between first and second place i i think we could have such a tight margin here once again any favorites from what you've seen of rehearsals here so from what we've seen today uh, I, I can understand why the netherlands uh, are performing the first uh, on it is so perfect, isn't it? Yeah. Perfect opening number. Yeah, it, it's uh, just a, a statement. Netherlands is a statement for the contest, uh, like uh, because in that way, uh, like you get people engaged uh, on the on the broadcast, and then uh, maybe the running order is not uh, the, the best <laughs> in my opinion. But like after that, many songs after that, we will be having Georgia, which is one of the most powerful uh, performances I've seen so far, not this year, but in the whole history of, uh, of the contest, so close to what uh, Georgia did uh, back in 2010 in Belarus, that kind of performance, uh, uh, strange looking performance, you could say, but like, you will the, remember. Was that, was that the Baby Gaga? Yes. Thing? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, what a bop that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this year is almost the same, like, uh, the staging is so good, and like, you will remember that performance. And uh, also Poland is really good, but Armenia, come on, Armenia, they know they're the hosts and they want to do the same thing Poland did back in 2020. They want to win it all over, back in uh, 2019, sorry. They want to win it again, and you can notice that. Like, best uh, TV directing, best staging, best performance, four rehearsals today, four takes for the rehearsal, and uh, every single aspect was completely perfect so uh, I really think Armin is getting it this year well you've both mentioned these two Caucasian nations let's discuss this here because we might be taking a long flight over to Tbilisi or to Yerevan again next year take the host country first I mean this is the biggest budget junior Eurovision of all time there's been 13 million euros spent that is more money per delegation than what will be spent in Liverpool if the budget goes to plan has it I the point there about Kazakhstan wanting to win again is that something that you believe do you think sorry Kazakhstan wants to win Kazakhstan always wants to win Kazakhstan's master plan is to have junior Eurovision come home to the country I'm sure but uh, Armenia do you think Armenia want to win one more time I think yes because uh, maybe maybe they think if Poland did this why we can't do this and uh, I think uh, Armenia wants to not just uh, show uh, the highest level of hosting, but also the highest, the, the high level of producing music that they can say that uh, uh, last year winning a song wasn't just uh, like uh, one song quality, one quality song from Armenia, but they can bring another another quality song. And uh, I, I think by this they show they show us that they can give uh, every year quality song, and uh, I hope yes Armenia wants to win, but uh, I don't know uh, do they want to host it again 
I mean, that's a funny question. I mean, like, we know for the budget this year, the government has put in, like, emergency funds, it's been described as, to help with the host of the contest. And it's very important for Armenia to host. Um, to kind of conclude when the press room today about why this budget's been so high, you know, to put on a very quarter show, there's lots of imports of materials, um, importing of, you know, staging directors from Poland and other countries into the country to help run this at a Eurovision Song Contest quality level. Armenia's geopolitically in a sensitive place. Um, it's had war with Azerbaijan in recent years and Junior Eurovision has come at the right time for the nation to really do something as a major event and send itself across Europe as it wants to present it rather than just on the news as a victim of a war and a conflict on its eastern border. Um, it's, it's really important. Actually, Rosa Lynn made this point. It was at her press conference today. Rosa Lynn now has how many hundreds of millions of streams on Snap. If I say it now, it'll be wrong tomorrow, so I won't say it. Um, Rosalind said at the press conference that she had far better gigs and opportunities to go to, and her label was pushing her to try and perform, you know, in America or in Spain or somewhere else. But she insisted, no, I have to go back to Armenia because the time now is right to perform for this country. After all the things that happened in recent years, remember Junior Eurovision 2020, uh, Eurovision 2021, Azer uh, Armenia did not take part due to the conflict with Azerbaijan. I, there is such gravity in the hosting of this contest. I think it is also a statement by the government of this country to, to try to embrace uh, how uh, they look to the European audience, I just think Junior Eurovision will not be enough for them. And see what's happening with Rosalind. It will happen again with Armenian representative in 2023, uh, with whoever goes to Liverpool, and they will get the full, the full contest coming here in the near future, I think. So this is the first step, and they're going to uh, provide the best they have on Sunday night. We've been here for a little bit now in Yerevan. Could Yerevan host Eurovision Song Contest? Definitely. Maybe even better than what we had in Turin last year. Um. Could Armenia host a Eurovision Song Contest? I guess... Yes, they can. They, no, no, they may, but can they? <laughs> I mean, what are the issues? afford it because... Uh, as you mentioned before, uh, this year is uh, like record, uh, record budget, uh, like was uh, issued for this contest, and I don't know want Armenian people again to host this contest because you know it can be like uh, there there can be dilemma between Armenian TV broadcast. TV broadcasting company and Armenian people itself and uh, but I hope uh, next contest will be in other country uh, if Armenia wins or not uh, because uh, we want to give chance to other countries and, and also uh, because Junior Revision is about uh, traveling and it will be nice to travel to uh, to other country to open new country for you 
and that's why uh, it's my opinion that next uh, place must be not Armenia if Armenia wins this year or not as I said the uh, head of delegation said at the press conference they had with the EBU on not head of delegation the head of the show the executive director of the TV station here said that they actually had a discussion on Wednesday I think maybe after they had their rehearsal um, about oh we might have to host again and they explained there that it would be a government decision after they win to discuss it one more time but I think they may have seen the rehearsal and got a buzz of oh my goodness when I first heard dance I f- immediately thought oh that's a really really good number it's contemporary there are some world class hooks in there but it won't win actually it really really might it really might let's go to Georgia now because my reaction to Georgia is a little bit different it is impressive but I think for somebody who comes to Junior Eurovision for the first time it is very very intense do you think maybe its intensity and its message might actually put people off or is this powerful enough to get those votes let me ask you a question man what song do you remember the most from this morning? Uh, the Armenian performance was by far the strongest I remember today. So, but like, isn't Georgia one of them as well? Um, I'd also throw France in there, but yeah, I remember Georgia, absolutely. It was so... the intensity of this. Um, the production quality, again from a Georgian number, visually arresting, um, feels full, the sound coming from the arena. I don't know if it's got voting potential. I, I like it, I like my music to do that, but you know, I think about somebody who has this impression of what Junior Eurovision is, and don't, they don't, nobody imagines it to feel like this. But don't treat it as uh, Junior Eurovision. It's, Eurovision itself is about being remembered being remembered either by the juries or by the boat, the public boat. It's like back in 2016 in the senior contest. Georgia, again, they did a memorable performance. Nobody was uh, giving anything for them and they ended up in a very good place. I th- I'm feeling we're going to do the same here. Like uh, When you get the recap of, uh, after the 16 performances, you will remember them and you will then, when you, uh, as you can vote for three different countries, it might be an option you will remember because there are plenty of other countries you won't remember and that's how they are playing and remember who's the composer of this song somebody that has won three times the Eurovision Song Contest already and we even get a reminder of that during the show as well the previous winners all the Georgian previous winners are here in Yerevan and actually about the composer I want to uh, add the fact that uh, this year's song was uh, composed and written by Hamid Shangaliev, who wrote for Kazan song in 2019, second place, and 2020, also second place. And there are predictions, uh, maybe third time we'll get first. <laughs> uh, 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 two in a row and finally first, because uh, in 2019 we were very close. In 2020 also we were very close for winning, and maybe now. And of course, it is great wonder, this what if about Kazakhstan, of course, this coming so close and bringing this quality and at some point the formula will stick. Um, it's always fascinating to see Georgia has quality, 
I, I wonder about the quality across every, you know, people in the BBC One who have not seen before, just what their expectation is. Uh, Ryunu is showing for the first time. Um, but certainly, like, you know what, regardless of voting potential, what a performance to have something so artistic, so bold, so brave. So serious. But uh, I want to mention that uh, if we compare Georgia and Armenia today, uh, I think Armenia song is more winner material than Georgia's because uh, today when Georgia uh, did the rehearsal, uh, they don't like uh, in compare of Armenia don't ha- had nice uh, visuals because they they had three 3D visuals but they that visual don't reflect uh, their topic. Uh, it was like kind of cubics, graphs, and I didn't understand what they want to say with this. Uh, and uh, I think in that uh, in that moment they can lose to Armenia if we compare only do these two countries. Armenia is more winner material for me uh, if we compare these two. And everybody understands what a disco ball on your head represents. But um, I don't know. Uh, that man or girl with this kashar <laughs> I don't know uh, will this person be on the stage or no because on the second uh, on the s- on the second take uh, we, we saw yes, this this gimmick this this, this hat that covered the head yes, of the disco ball yeah yes. there was a person with disco ball but on the third take there wasn't there they just showed us uh, disco ball and and that yet uh, that's all I don't know. I would assume it's quite hard to do that, so you only try it once, is my assumption. And maybe it's a surprise for the people on Sunday, who knows? Um, lots about George, lots about Armenia there. Is there anybody else in the picture to win Junior Eurovision 2022? Any predictions? Anybody else? You've said Georgia, you've said Armenia. Is there anybody else who could win? Junior Eurovision. Oh, um, you know, actually, Armenia has a very, very nice spot, and Armenia is surrounded by free ballots, and you know, it gives more like uh, influence on this spot, and uh, I guess this year uh, can win also Spain. Uh, they, they, they bring very quality song, which is like uh, Bob song for me, and uh, also Armenia, Georgia, and I hope Kazakhstan too. And I don't know why, but other, but others don't mention Italy. But for me, Italy is a dark horse because I think Italy can be in top five by juries because uh, Italy. Uh, has whistle notes and very good vocal technique vo- uh, voice control and I don't know why people don't like uh, don't like uh, uh, put Italy on the top of the list but Italy is like on my top because you know uh, I like it be- uh, there are a lot of uh, uh, correct like moment <laughs> like um, very strong vocal vocals 
Italy has. And I don't know why others didn't mention this. Certainly, like, vocal capacity is yeah. on that jury criteria. Criteria number one, it's always going to be there. Absolutely, you know, Italy's got that. And the fact that we're listing so many songs here just, you know, again, proves how tight this contest could be. Spain here, what are you expecting from the Spanish result? Well, uh, the Spanish song uh, has uh, a very good promotional uh, strategy together with it. So I think we could get a well, uh, a, a very good place, but I don't really think we're getting it this year. Carlos is a really charming guy, and he's doing great on stage, but I'm not feeling this year is the year. Tell me a little bit about this promotional strategy, because now we're in the voting period. Now it's the, you can vote in Junior Eurovision, if you're listening to this just before the show, and you can vote for your own country. How, how is this in Spain, this, this concept, how is this word getting out? After four years uh, back to the Junior Eurovision Song Contest, this is like the first year we're feeling in Spain that uh, there's any kind of promotion uh, being done by the Spanish broadcaster. Uh, they are going nuts with Junior Eurovision. They are bringing all the uh, Benidorm Fest uh, participants uh, on TikTok to uh, support him. They are doing the Senorita Challenge, which, ha- which has gone viral in Spain, and they are promoting uh, a lot on TV, which they didn't back in the day. They only did a show this ad, and now there's even a show, a daily show, uh, showing in the ch- children television in Spain, uh, clan. And also, uh, there's the World Cup. Uh, been broadcast by the Spanish broadcaster and that's uh, like there's an interview with Carlos in every match the Spanish team has uh, played we are no longer in the World Cup at the moment tomorrow would have been the best day as the voting was already open in that uh, space between the two parts in in the match to ask the public to vote for Spain. We won't have that option. We will still be doing it on the match. I think it is. They can vote for Portugal instead, can't they? <laughs> yeah, we can do it with Portugal. Yeah. Also, the Portuguese uh, uh, public uh, television is broadcasting the the World Cup, so they might do it as well. But like that was kind of uh, one of the big, biggest strategies they had, and probably it will be important enough because now Spain knows there's Junior Eurovision, and when we lost against uh, Morocco uh, last week. Everybody was saying on Twitter, on social media, hey, we didn't get the World Cup, let's go for Junior Eurovision. So that's the feeling in Spain right now. So if Spain misses out by a few points on Sunday, you can blame their terrible penalty taking. Kazakhstan, give me a little bit there. What's, what promotion is happening inside of Kazakhstan right now? Um, in Kazakhstan, we are promoting uh, by using social media accounts and uh, TikTok accounts and also uh, by advertising by like traditional methods of advertising like when you uh, advertise on th- in the supermarkets uh, in the big uh, in, in the big shops let's say in big supermarkets yes and uh, also uh, we uh, have a lot of uh, youth organizations and they are very active and we send them send the message like let's support Kazakhstan let's uh, bring a uh, trophy to Kazakhstan together and our slogan every year is the same uh, your vote it's our common uh, win uh, and uh, 
we also like uh, sending our message uh, to our uh, bloggers from Kazakhstan who in the media sphere or in business sphere actually for to those who have a lot of number of subscribers and uh, two or three days ago uh, our head of delegation uh, um, in, in his Instagram page I saw what Kazakhstan is doing for this uh, they prepared a list of 100 plus bloggers from Kazakhstan in Kazakhstan uh, and related from Kazakhstan where total number of subscribers uh, is about uh, 300 million people and they're uh, sending to their managers uh, like message to post uh, like uh, advertising to vote for Kazakhstan and they calculated that if at least two percent of them will vote Kazakhstan will got uh, six million votes and actually that's a good result and and uh, yesterday when I come here uh, with me uh, in my in our like say <laughs> airplane was a TikTok house Yola house this is a uh, uh, number two TikTok house in CAS CIS region uh, it has we, we have a, a very very happy delegation over there <laughs> can't think why the show the vote is not started yet goodness me what is that? Your, your, your TikTok house, yeah? Yes, TikTok house. This TikTok house uh, has... How many followers? 27 million followers in TikTok account. And actually, they uh, already... Um, They're here in Yerevan, yes? They, yes, they already uh, done with their, uh, Euro, with, with their uh, fun meeting uh, in the holiday in hotel uh, today. And uh, actually, when I see the comments below, there are a lot of Armenian people supporting them, and that's actually good. And by using like persons who have a lot of subscribers, by using this strategy, Kazakhstan, I think, uh, is uh, going to uh, make a new record by uh, televoting results because our record was in uh, 2019 when. Irjan Maxim got 79 points. It's a fifth result that year. But our uh, delegation analyzed all four years and uh, they conclude that Kazan always uh, losing to other countries by televoting because they can manage jury votes like uh, in 2019 when they got first place and second Poland with 36 points behind. It's uh, like a very good, like, uh, let's say... It's a big margin. Poland has yes, a landslide. Uh, yes. yes, it's a big margin for jury. Uh, and uh, also in um, 2020, uh, where, when France won and we came, we came second, uh, there were, like, France... Uh, France had a lot of more points in televoting by by juries they had four points ahead of us uh, we are losing in televoting and that's why i think our delegation uh, decided to work on that aspect if kazakhstan wins the televoting on sunday now you know why i wanted to end on one final thing so we've mentioned favorites we've not mentioned this country okay i did a twitter poll yesterday asking people how many points in televoting 
they think Ukraine will get. Because Ukraine had a landslide televote victory in Turin in May. The majority of people on that poll think Ukraine are going to get over 175 points in televoting. That would be more than one vote from every two people. What do you think about the televote and can Ukraine actually do the double? So, back in May, we had people voting and paying money to support Ukraine, knowing that money was not going to Ukraine, and they all did it throughout Europe. In here, you don't need to vote to Ukraine, you need to vote to three countries. And if you want to vote for one, then you're going to vote for Ukraine as a side. So that side vote is going, even if Ukraine is getting the main vote as well, but everybody that's going to vote for a country that really want to take, for example, the Spanish strategy, like they are asking to vote for Spain. Then who else do you vote for? You need to vote for uh, at least two more. Ukraine would be one. And who else? Maybe the best, the, the one you really like then. But that, that's the thing. Now it is even easier for them to get uh, like the, uh, all 12s in, in televoting, in my opinion. So I, I think they're getting televoting, but I think the juries are going to should do something about it. I, I don't think Ukraine will be getting it this year, to be honest. Can you give us a little bit of picture, Arnur, about what the atmosphere in Kazakhstan is like with respect to Ukraine? Do you think Kazakh people will be voting for Ukraine just like... We've heard the argument here that people in Spain will vote for Ukraine. Actually, in Kazakhstan, people uh, like, like there are um, a lot of people who supports Ukraine in this time. And actually, in Almaty, in um, two or three months ago, we held a concert with the participation of Eurovision stars from Ukraine and Daniela Tuleshova and uh, like other participants from Ukraine who represent country uh, last year and not last year previous years and um, but uh, I think uh, I can say on the behalf of Kazakh citizen uh, Kazakhstan people don't vote uh, or like by don't vote bias like on political bias they vote for what they love if if they love it they vote if they don't like they don't vote and just switch the channel and watch the other show they don't want to put politics in the musical show they just want to uh, receive uh, like uh, great emotions without any like uh, politic uh, political moments but um, uh, Kazakh people uh, understand uh, Ukrainian uh, situation now, and um, but I think Ukraine this year uh, may can win, but uh, I don't think that uh, it it's possible uh, for like for at least ninety percent, let's say, message. Uh, because uh, the first fact it's uh, the first fact it's like uh, if you watch YouTube tops Ukraine is uh, always below top 10 below uh, on 12th for 15th place and this is the great this is what I was surprised by because you have the fan community which you know 
I don't think I got a vote for Ukraine. Certainly not their favourite. But yet, there's an expectation from those maybe outside the junior bubble that everybody can so easily in this system vote for Ukraine. And it's going to be the most fascinating unknown. Will they get it or not? The key number there to look out for is about 155. That would be about half the points there. And if you look at Poland 2019, superhero, that got about half the votes as well. So that's the number there. If you can break 155, that's a televote record in Junior Eurovision, I would say, this year. That's... It's a heavy issue to end on, but we are in that period now. Voting is open in Junior Eurovision 2022. You watch the recap, and then you can vote for free of the entries. Jesk.tv will take you to the correct page there. Who will you... We, we, uh, who, uh, sorry, can, can you cut this? We can cut this, yes. Go. Who will you be voting for, Ben? Uh, you know, I want to see all the things. I've not seen the UK yet, oh, yeah. but I do love the UK song. Uh, Armenia is the best performance, I think, and I have a soft spot for the Dutch entry. They're my three. Almost the same, actually. Uh, of course, we need to support our local country, <laughs> but then there's Armenia, there, and also the Netherlands. Um, my top five in any order that's uh, Kazakhstan this year uh, Armenia uh, Italy Spain and Georgia thank you there you can only vote for three of them now it used to be five but it's now it's only three so you can maybe choose after the rehearsals tomorrow it's going to be a fascinating during the Eurovision Song Contest there are 16 acts you can go and vote for them now you can go on jazz.tv watch the recap vote for your top three as you can see, all of us here, we vote for our native countries. You can do the same as that, or you may choose not to. Your vote is yours. And now, to end the podcast, 